From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and insights that give God the glory, refutes evolution, and gives you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. As Creation Magazine has been continuously published since 1978, we are publishing some of the articles from the archives for historical interest, such as this one. For teaching and sharing purposes, readers are advised to supplement these historical articles with more up-to-date articles in Creation Magazine. In the last two issues of Creation Magazine, we have shown stamps with the biblical themes of the creation of the world and Jonah and the great fish from Palau. In this issue, the Noah's Ark stamps are from the island nation of St. Vincent in the West Indies. The artist has depicted the end of the flood, with Noah's Ark resting on a mountain under a rainbow, and a selection of pairs of various animals, including koalas and kangaroos. Answers to various objections concerning the flood, both scientific and practical, that skeptics have raised over the years have been published in many creationist books, films, videos, and magazines. So in this article, we'll discuss the reasons why the flood occurred. Noah's Flood. Why? Written by Russell M. Grigg. Genesis chapter 6 gives four reasons why God sent the flood. Number one, the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Number two, Every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Number three, the earth was filled with violence. Number four, the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. All people on earth had corrupted their way. The historical biblical record states, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. Genesis 6:12. This is in sharp contrast to God's declaration that he had finished creating the heaven and the earth, namely, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Genesis 1.31 It is astounding to consider that in the tenth generation from Adam, the human race had become so wicked, evil, violent, and corrupt that it was not fit to go on living. And of all mankind, only four men and four women were spared, because they did not go with the great sin drift. This raises some interesting questions. First, are these reasons adequate to have warranted the wholesale destruction of the human race? The Bible tells us that mankind was created by God as a special being, made in God's image to live according to the rules which God has laid down. When mankind breaks those rules, judgment follows. Why? Because God, as a result of his holiness and justice, has decreed to punish the wicked and disobedient. Sometimes his punishment is evident to all in this life, but the ultimate punishment awaits the day of judgment. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Hebrews 9.27 This judgment is described in Revelation 20 verses 11 through 15. In the case of those living on earth in Noah's day, God adjudged that their deeds were such as to necessitate the penalty which he imposed. John Calvin commented the following, the whole earth was not overwhelmed with a deluge of water till it had first been immersed in the pollution of wickedness. 
That wickedness was too deeply seated in their hearts to leave any hope of repentance. So, why were the earth and animals destroyed too in the flood? Insofar as sin is a transgression of the law, it is guilt. Insofar as it is a principle, it is pollution and defilement. Again, John Calvin said, The earth was like a wealthy house, well supplied with every kind of provision in abundance and variety. Now, since man has defiled the earth itself with his crimes, and has vilely corrupted all the riches with which it was replenished, the Lord also designed that the monument of his punishment should there be placed, just as if a judge, about to punish a most wicked and nefarious criminal, should, for the sake of greater infamy, command his house to be raised to the foundation. And this all tends to inspire us with a dread of sin. For we may easily infer how great is its atrocity when the punishment of it is extended even to the brute creation. God's mercy regarding the flood is just as evident as his judgment, and is seen in the fact that God provided a way of escape for those who were prepared to believe what he said, heed the warning he gave, and avail themselves to the means of salvation which he provided instructing Noah to build the ark. Noah himself is described as a just man, perfect in his generations, who walked with God, and who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was also a preacher of righteousness. From this, it is very reasonable to conclude that his messages, perhaps preached from the platform of the partially completed ark, included warnings of the coming judgment and invitations to his listeners to avail themselves of the one means of escape which he was constructing. In the event, Noah and his family alone had regard to the wrath of God, and only eight people boarded the ark in faith and were saved, Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. On one occasion Jesus said, As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew 24:37. As we have seen, the days of Noah involved four types of iniquity, great wickedness, evil imaginations, violence and corruption, and these things have all become a way of life. When people are taught from kindergarten to adulthood through every branch of the media and the education system that the world made itself, and thus God himself is unnecessary or does not exist, and that they are nothing more than evolved animals, it is not surprising that they give themselves over to these sorts of behavior. As a result, the Ten Commandments has become the Ten Suggestions. Chastity is regarded as neurotic inhibition. Morality has become the new morality. Perversion is an alternate lifestyle. And the only absolute left in society is that there are no absolutes. Violence and immorality, rather than being abhorrent in society, have become the subject of entertainment. Some films today portray more than a hundred acts of violence per hour, and it seems that few films can be made these days without showing specific acts of adultery or fornication. It has become old-fashioned to speak out against it, so it is little wonder that video action is emulated in real life, as happened when a film dealing with gang violence called Boys in the Hood opened in 800 cinemas across the United States in 1991. One man was killed and 20 other moviegoers were shot, stabbed, or beaten up in a wave of copycat audience violence which erupted in cinemas, drive-ins, and car parks.
The warnings given to Noah's generation are terrifyingly relevant today. When God's mercy is rejected, then his judgment must and will fall. But as seen in the days of Noah, so now God has both given warnings of the judgment to come and provided a way of salvation. The ark was the only refuge from divine judgment then, and it had to be entered by faith. As such, it speaks to us of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior for sinful mankind today, whose death on the cross must be appropriated by faith. For by grace ye are saved through faith. Ephesians 2.8 Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 4.12 As the Apostle Paul declares, I declare unto you the gospel, by which also ye are saved, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 If Noah's flood continues to fascinate you and is a topic of interest you're wanting to study, then you'll want to take a look at a great book we have available at the online store called Grand Canyon, A Different View. This picture-full book looks at the Grand Canyon from a biblical worldview and explains how the splendor and grandeur of the Grand Canyon is a display of God's power of creation. Whether gaping at the huge chasm in the earth from the rim or navigating the waters of the Colorado River below, visitors to the Grand Canyon see a perspective that words can't describe. In fact, perspective is the backdrop for this wonderful story from nature. Visit this marvelous site yourself through the pages of photographs and essays in this book. It's a trip you'll be glad you took. Get a copy of The Grand Canyon, A Different View at creation.com store. For all of us at creation.com, thanks for listening.